Well, we've been looking at Joseph and just considering how he was one of the greatest leaders in, uh, I mean, you could say Israel's history, but really um, in the nations, you know, in, in, in history. And he saved the nations. He saved the people of God. And there's a lot of qualities that we can look at in Joseph that attributed to his greatness. But I want to consider one prominent feature um, of his ministry, you could say. And it was actually, it was the thing that caused him to be elevated to his position. And, uh, and that was that Joseph flowed in the gifts of the Spirit. He flowed in the Holy Spirit and in being able to receive from the Spirit and and interpret that those dreams and so forth. And, and that started as a young man where it seems like he was open to, to God speaking to him in dreams and visions and so forth and hearing from heaven. And he recognized this is God uh, speaking. And, and he clearly realized they were significant. And so did his father, as, as we'll read. But, and so, you know, we know the story that he received two dreams when he's a young man. And, and we'll just, we, they're short too. They're only one verse long, so we can read them. Uh, the first one was in Genesis 37, verse 7. It says, um, he had a dream where they were binding sheaves in the field. And then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright and your sheaves uh, stood around and bowed down to my sheaf. So Joseph was the main sheaf of, of wheat, uh, and, and the other sheaves bowed down to him. And that's pretty significant, uh, not just the, the fact that his brothers would bow down to him, but he was a sheaf of, of a harvest of food, and Joseph would feed the nations. And so that, that came to pass in more than one sense of that dream. And then there was another dream that he had in, in uh, Genesis 37, 9. He dreamed another dream and told his brothers. And he said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bound down to me. That's, that's kind of even a, a different level, right? Uh, it's not just sheaves bowing down. It's, it's heavenly bodies, you know, where they're bowing to him. And of, uh, so there's the sun and the moon, 11 stars, speaking of his family, and, and of course, Jacob responded to that. He's kind of taken aback. He says that in verse 10. He says, well, are, are your mother and I and your brothers indeed going to bow, uh, bow down to the earth before you? And so that was a little shocking even to, to Jacob. And, and so the parents are involved in, in the mix. But there's something we can understand for this is, is this is almost an eternal dream in the sense of, of what's going to happen, not just on the earth, but in eternity, because, you know, Joseph's mother never lived to see him in, uh, in Egypt, come to that place of authority and, and ruling, but yet there she is in that dream bowing down. So, you know, you wonder if it, it just speaks of Joseph qualified to a higher place, a higher ministry and position in eternity, perhaps even above his father and mother. But yet we know that there was a, a work of character and of the Lord done in Joseph that was very deep. And so that's reflected in his dreams. And of course, the result of the dream dreams was at first unpleasant because it caused hatred, right? His 
brothers did not really appreciate it. It kind of set the stage for them selling him into slavery. Uh, but yet, the father Jacob knew, recognized something because it says in verse 11, it says the brothers envied him. And they hated him and were jealous and so forth. But his father observed it. He didn't really like it. He didn't, you know, it was a little strange to him. But he recognized, and I, I think he had an idea, is God, God might be speaking in this. I don't really know what this means, but God's speaking. And of course he was. And the dreams were fulfilled later on, but but it's also the thought that Joseph flowed in this thought of the gifts and it only increased, right? We see kind of a beginning, but then it just increased in his life. And it's hard to imagine. Like I, I can think of the gifts increasing when you're in a nice church and there's a flow of worship and, you know, you can increase in the gifts and practice it. How do you increase in the gifts of the Holy Spirit when you're, when you're a slave and then you're a prisoner? But they did with Joseph because he, he sought God. He cried after, after God and sought to follow him with his whole heart. And, you know, God increased the gifts and the flow of the gifts. Of course, God, that was also part of God's plan for him. So there's, there's that as well. But so Joseph increased in that ability to flow in this gift of interpretation. And we know that it became very important later on because uh, you know, we know the story goes that the butler and the baker were thrown into prison with him and they had uh, both had dreams in the same night, which were troubling. And it talks about uh, or and Joseph goes to them and, and says in uh, Genesis 40 and verse 80 says, don't you know that interpretations belong to God? He's kind of asking him like that. It's obvious. Don't you know that it was to him when you flow in the gifts and the spirit. And we won't recount these dreams, but basically Joseph told the butler, you know, in three days, you're going to be restored. You're going to be lifted back up to your position to give the cup to Pharaoh um, and, and then to the baker, the bad news. He would be put to death after three days. And of course, Joseph said, please remember me. But yet the timing of God has to be followed, you know, has, has to be observed. And so God has had his specific timing to bring Joseph out of prison. And two years later, Pharaoh dreamed those dreams as well. And, and the butler remembered Joseph and brought him out. And so the Lord orchestrated that Joseph would bring the interpretation that would affect of those dreams that would affect the nations, but also the plan, right? That it wasn't just the interpretation. Joseph had a plan from God and from heaven. And, you know, of the action. And it was evident, you know, Pharaoh said, now this is the man who knows what to do because, right, the spirit of the living gods upon him as was referred to Daniel and, you know, as it was, I'm sure was seen upon Joseph. And, and he said, Joseph, you're, you're the man because I see you're flowing in what we need today. And I'll tell you what, trouble is going to come on the earth and what the earth is going to look to are those who flow in the things of the spirit, because that is what they will see is the answer. Now, all of the things we look to or the, the world is looking to for answers of maybe it's this, that, this political answer, or that social answer, they're at the end, they come to nothing. Really what we need is an answer from heaven. And those who can flow in the things of heaven are going to be ones that, that eventually people will look to because they'll see 
That's, that's where the real answer lies. You know, in Proverbs 18 and verse 16, it says, A man get, man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. In ancient times, if you needed something, you'd go to the ruler and you'd bring a nice gift. And you'd say, hey, I've got something for you. And then you could, you could make a request and the ruler would grant your request and give you a position or something like that. But for believers, the, the truth here is, is we want to develop and flow in the spiritual gifts. And that will make room for us, for what really matters. That will bring enlargement and increase in our lives. And, and so we ha have to ask, ask the question for believers, what are the gifts that God wants us to have? And, you know, Paul gives a short list we can read, and, and there are only examples. I think there's many more we could put in this list. But in 1 Corinthians 12, 8, he said, To one is given a word of wisdom, to the, and through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge, uh, to another faith, to another gift of healings, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, or a different tongues or interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, di distributing to each one individually as He will. And so as believers, you know, God wants to give us good gifts. You know, just like Jesus said to His disciples, how much more, or said to, to, as He was teaching, how much more does your Heavenly Father want to give you good gifts, especially when it comes to the things of His Spirit? He wants to give us good gifts that we can flow in, that we can develop in our lives. You know, words of wisdom in situations where we need to know what to do. God can cause us to receive divine words in our hearts of direction and, and so forth to know what to do in situations. And when you're flowing in that, people are going to say, hey, how about me? Let me know what I should do. And in our gifts of healing, if there's anything we need today is flowing in the gifts of healing. You know, and, and sometimes that can come upon people as a gift. I've heard of stories where, you know, people can pray or it's like they have a gift for something specific. Maybe it can be a cancer. And it's just like whenever God puts it on their heart to pray for cancer, there's healings. Or it could be something else. It, you know, it could be, um, you know, tumors or uneven legs. You know, it, it, there's lots of things that God can give someone a gift for in healing, and and it just opens the way for God to move. And and that's what we need today is for he, you know, the gift of healing to be poured out, and it opens people's hearts. In fact, I just heard a story uh, the other day of some friends of ours, you know, the Brogans up in New York. Their, their son uh, Zadok was playing in his yard. And he got a stick in his eye and it left a sliver and it actually went in his eye. And so they were able to get uh, an appointment at an eye specialist and they took him in and the, the nurse there looked and saw the sliver and showed some other nurses. They were really concerned. And they went into the doctor and basically told him, hey, doc, you better prepare for emergency surgery to get this thing out. And that really got the doctor's attention. I mean, he's like, oh, no. And so he can't. And. Um, in the meantime, the, the family was praying. They were saying, Lord, cause it to disappear. Remove this splinter. And so the doctor came in, was examining the eye, putting eye drops in, in the boy and, and looking. And 
I don't see anything. Where, where is this? And, and he couldn't find anything. And they got people to come back, the nurses to come back. And are you sure you saw something? Yes, we saw something. And they were amazed. It was gone. And the, they were so surprised that they weren't going to have to perform emergency surgery on, on Zadok. And, but the miracle so touched that doctor's heart. And he started to ask, well, what, that's an unusual name. What does that mean? And they started to explain the name of Zadok from the Bible and so forth. And, and the doctor made a comment, well, I haven't gone to church as much as I should. You know, that miracle opened his heart to the things of God. And that's what we need to see flowing. That's what we desperately need and we're praying for. And, and, and so we want to say, Lord, let healing flow. And maybe he'll say, well, okay, I want it to flow through you. And we can say, okay, Lord, help, help me. <laughs> we want to be holy vessels that his anointing and his gifts can flow through. But really, what are the purpose? That's, that's the main thing we want to pick up here. What are the purpose of these gifts? And Paul had to address this with the Corinthian church because uh, they were trying to operate their gifts all at the same time and it was chaos and in a service. That would have been interesting to go to one of those services. It was probably pretty loud and noisy. Um, and so Paul wrote to them, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. He said, how is it, brethren, when you're coming together, every one of you has a psalm or a teaching or a tongue or a revelation or interpretation? And what he's saying is, and you're all trying to do it at the same time and out outdo one another, being more spiritual, giving your, your, th your thing. But he says, let everything be done. I like this translation. Let everything, all things be done for edification. See, that's what the gifts are for and why God wants to give us gifts, not just for our, to bless us and make us feel good. Oh, I have a gift from God, but for edification of all, to build up the people of God to reach and to use it as a testimony to others. That's why he wants us to flow in his gifts. It's for our edification. And so God wants to get good, get, give good gifts to his people to edify, to build up, to strengthen, to encourage, and to show us that he's with us. And you know, it's one thing to say, okay, Lord, I believe by faith that, that you're with us, but he wants to show us. He wants us to taste and see that he's good. And one of the ways he does that is, is by flow, allowing us to flow in his spirit, letting the gifts flow through us. And, and, you know, we're blessed when the gifts flow through us. You know, Joseph, when you think about how intense his preparation was for his ministry, it's hard to understand how he even made it. But, you know, it's... it's, it's almost seems as if he had some, some assurances that God was with him because those gifts, it seems like he was used to that happening, that flowing, that those weren't the only interpretations he was given. I mean, it's just kind of like, kind of came out of him because God was developing that. And when you have that gift and that's flowing and it's, it's, like a, it's like an assurance each time it takes place, okay, God, you're with me. Lord, you're with me. Your, your life is there. You're flowing. And you're not just that, you're increasing. Even in my, in my captivity, your life is there. And, and God wants to do that in us. He wants to give us that assurance that, that we can know He is with us. Now, there's many gifts that we can mention 
um, and that we should ask the Lord for. And, and that's, we should say, Lord, Lord, may I have your gifts? And Lord, what do you want to develop in me? I don't know if we should claim them all at once, but we can say, Lord, would you cause your gifts to, to flow and to grow in me? Because we can have that assurance and it's a way that we're edified, we're built up. But I want to miss, mention and key in just on, on two of them because these are the ones that can make the biggest impact on us as a, as a church body, you know, as individuals and, and, a, and a church. The first one I want to bring out is the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. Now, speaking in tongues is the evidence uh, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It can also relate to the prophetic. You know, we can have prophetic words, but we won't get into that today. But, but you know, God gives us the, the gift of, of tongues, you know, as we're baptized in the Holy Spirit as an evidence as that I'm with you. I've given you this to you. You know, just like we have evidence we're baptized in water because we come out of that water soaking wet. So we know I've been baptized in water. No one can convince me otherwise because I know I was wet. And in the same way, he baptizes us in his Holy Spirit, and we can have that assurance because he's given us that gift and ability of speaking in other tongues. And so we can know that for a certainty, just like the disciples on the day of Pentecost. But, you know, speaking in tongues, it, it's not just for that experience that we know we are baptized, but, oh, it's to edify. It's to edify. It's to build us up. And really, it's one of those gifts that, that, is the most practical that we can edify ourselves and be built up. Um, a couple of verses on that, Jude 1 and verse 20. He says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And that's kind of a reference to praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, when we speak in an unknown tongue in, in praying to God, it's like we're doing some construction. We're doing some building. We're adding on and enlarging. And, you know, of course, there's times that we recognize uh, we need to change and we see a glimpse of our heart and we don't like what we see. And maybe there's some, you know, de deconstruction of some removal, but then there's construction. And, and we can pray and ask the Lord, Lord, change me. Lord, renew me. Do a new work. And, there's a, and, and then we can read Romans 8, verse 26, where Paul says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so the Holy Spirit, you know, when we reach the end of ourselves and knowing what to pray for, that's almost a good thing because then we can say, Okay, Holy Spirit, would you pray? to bring your will to pass, to build, that I can be built up and, and increased as you would. And there's such power in making room for the Holy Spirit in our lives, especially in speaking in tongues. And remember the story of one pastor who felt to challenge his church. And uh, he was saying, I would just encourage you, try speaking in tongues 10 or 15 minutes a day and just see what happens. And many did. And they came back to the pastor and said, you know, I've been doing that. I've been doing that every day. 
And they and he kept getting all these reports of people being strengthened and renewed by the Spirit because the Holy Spirit was allowing, they were allowing the Spirit to come in and build themselves up and to build them up. And so that's probably why the Apostle Paul told, you know, told uh, us in the scriptures, I speak in tongues more than you all. That probably still applies today. I, you know, it seems like he had a lot of need in his life for the Spirit of God so he could minister. And I, I can just imagine him walking on those dusty roads be- between the cities, you know, and what was he doing? He's probably speaking in tongues, crying out to God to, you know, to minister in the next place he was going to. You know, as a congregation, maybe in the, in the prayer meeting, we can all pray together for a purpose. You know, we can pray in tongues for, for the Spirit to come. Or in worship, we can leave room to worship in the Spirit, even to worship in tongues. You know, that, that psalm, or the psalm, the, the hymn goes, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. You know what? We have that opportunity now by the Spirit of God that we can sing the praises of our God in the Spirit. And so we want to make room for for that gift that the Holy Spirit is offering all of us to speak in tongues because it builds us up and edifies us. One last gift we can mention, you know, and I mentioned that it's towards the whole congregation. There's really no other gift that can edify the whole congregation in the same way that prophecy can, that the prophetic word. You know, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 1. He said, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather, and when he says that, that's an important thing, right? Because there's a big list, and especially here's he's like, okay, follow love, follow the gifts, but rather, that should really get our attention. But what is he saying? Rather, that you should prophesy. And so Paul told us that we are to pursue one gift above all, in the, and, and I think that we can understand that in the sense of the congregation, of flowing together as one body. You know, we can all speak in tongues, but it's not going to help us as a body in the way that prophecy does, in giving a word of prophecy. Because it, Paul says this in, in verse 4, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, it says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue... He builds himself up. And so we're building ourselves up, you know, but it doesn't do any good if we go to someone and start speaking in tongues. They're just going to say, whoa, (laughs) that's weird. But if we come to church and we feel a word from the Spirit of God and we give it it and it impacts someone else and we're building up and we're edifying, that's what it's about. Oh, I didn't finish it. But he that prophesies edifies the church. And that's what we need, because we need to edify one another. We need to build up the church of Jesus Christ. And so that is what really makes the difference in the church is when everyone is open to the spirit of prophecy, to flowing in that prophetic gift. It's even powerful with unbelievers. You know, he goes on in verse 24, 1 Corinthians 14, 24 says, But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and the secrets of his heart are revealed and falling down on his face, he'll worship God and report that God is truly among you. Because he comes into that service, you know, just thinking, well, okay, I'll come here. And then 
God speaks in the prophetic things that only God could know. And it gets right to the core of who they are. Um, I remember hearing a story of a, a certain pastor who came into the, he came from the evangelical world into the, uh, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and came into the, the Pentecostal realm, but his wife was still kind of resisting the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so one night he went to his church and, and he had a guest minister came to the platform and, and the half, halfway through the message, the minister stopped, looked at the wife, started to prophesy directly to her. <laughs> and that night she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it wasn't because of anything the husband did. You know, he could have showed her all in the scriptures and he, maybe he did. I'm, I'm sure he probably tried to encourage her. Hey, this, this, this is a, an experience from God and this can bless you, but that nothing helped. But when God spoke to her in prophecy, it convicted her heart, opened it to what God had. Another verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, says, He who, oh, I think I'm reading it in a different translation. He who prophesies speaks uh, edif edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Really, that's the purpose. We're to prophesy because it's, edifi it's edification, exhortation, and comfort to all who would hear it, to have whose hearts are open to it. You know, some of my most memorable and powerful experiences in my Christian life have to do with prophecies that were given. Words that God, I knew God was speaking, you know, to, to my heart, to encourage me to, and have directed my life into the pathway that it, that it did. You know, and I'm so glad that people were open to hearing from God and then had the boldness to speak it out because that built me up. It also affects the speaker too. When we, when we step out in faith and give that word, it, it's good for us. I remember one person who was having trouble. I, I think they were just kind of having trouble with thoughts in their life and different things. They went, she went to her pastor and, and said, you know, pastor, what should I do? I'm just trying to struggling and just kind of consider it for a moment. And then so I feel the Lord speaking. The answer for you in this situation is you need to prophesy. Prophesy? Okay, so they went out, and so um, she came back later saying, and because in the services, she said, Lord, you're telling me to prophesy. Would you help me? And God began to give her prophecies. And as she did that, she found that as she was faithful to give prophecies, she was getting victory in those other areas of her life. You know, not only was she edifying and building up others through giving those words of prophecy, she was edified. And built up. And so, you know, that's the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. He flows through us as a vessel and we're blessed as a vessel. And so we want to open ourselves and say, Lord, however you want to flow through me, flow through me. Develop those gifts because that's how we are built up. And, you know, might start small, maybe just a few words. I, I, I can't remember what my first prophecy was. I don't think it was very long. It was probably a sentence or a few words, but you know, that's all it needs. The only thing the Holy Spirit, someone once said this, the only thing the Holy Spirit can't use is silence. And so that's where we just say, okay, Lord, I might stumble, 
God can still use those words even if we stumble and don't say it perfectly. He can still move upon those words. He can't move upon our silence, but he can move upon us as we're faithful to walk in that way. And so, you know, we want to take those opportunities when we come to, to church and we have that appropriate time, not, not when I'm preaching, but in an appropriate time, say, Lord, do you, would you speak to me? Sometimes I've, I find that is how I get prophecies. If I don't ask, sometimes God doesn't give. And so we just come and say, Lord, may I have the privilege of speaking a word of, of edification and, and he can cause that gift to flow. And so these are just two of the many vital gifts that, that God desires to give to his people, that he desires us to flow in. It's an invitation for all to receive his life and to let that life flow from us in whatever way. It's an evidence of his power in us and to others. And with these two specifically with tongues, we can edify ourselves in our times of worshiping God and praying and singing in the spirit with prophecy, we edify each other. And so, you know, I would encourage you, you know, set that time aside to speak in tongues and let the Holy Spirit build you up. And let's give opportunity for God to give a word in season to those who need it. And, and as we flow in the gifts that God has for us, he will make room for us. He will enlarge us so that we can contain more of him. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for your, the precious gift of your spirit and all that you desire to flow in us. Lord, we just come to you and we ask that you would do that work. Lord, we just open our hearts to you and pray that you would flow in a greater way. Lord, just come into our lives in a greater way and flow in your spirit, we ask. Oh, Lord, let your gifts increase. Even speak to us, Lord, of what you would cause us to flow in, even beyond these two gifts. Lord, would you speak to us? Would you lead us? We ask. And we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.